Colorado could be in the Big 12 within the next couple of weeks, and they won't be the only ones. This is Locked on Baylor. You are Locked on Baylor, your daily podcast on the Baylor Bears, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Wednesday, everybody. Welcome to Locked on Baylor. I am in a prison cell. Thank you for making Locked On Baylor your first listen every single day. The the ever-changing world of expansion has gotten as crazy as it's been in the last decade over the course of these two years, with Texas and Oklahoma officially announcing they were moving to the SEC, with UCLA and USC going to the Big Ten. There are conferences like the Big 12 and the Pac-12 that know that they will have major member institutions that are leaving. The big dollars are leaving the Big 12. The big dollars are leaving the Pac-12. So where does that leave us, Big 12 member Baylor, and the rest of this conference, including the expansion teams that bring this league from 10 teams to 8 teams, now to 12 teams? And where does this put the Pac-12, schools like Colorado, Washington, Oregon, Utah, the Arizona schools? Everybody is now watching what Colorado is going to do. I'll first make note. There is, I recorded an episode a couple of weeks ago where I talked about how Colorado is a bit of a debacle right now. That Deion Sanders comes in, he creates this new big brand, he brings excitement back, football excitement back to Boulder, and has created an aura of winning already without winning whatsoever. However, on the flip side of that, now over 50 players come into the program that are new and what is it, 70 some odd that are leaving the program after last season. He walks through the door day one and says, you can go ahead and pack your bags and leave. I'm bringing my own. And they're Louis Vuitton. Deion Sanders walked in and it seemed so, I don't know if good is the right word, but but prominent, right? He comes in and builds the brand immediately, rebuilds the brand immediately. And part of that is that he brings in a record-setting crowd in a spring game that profits $200,000 for the school. So on, on one hand, everybody's really excited about the rebirth of the great Colorado football program that has a national championship in the last 30 years, the rebirth of, of athletics in Boulder. But then I made the case about two weeks ago that there's instability with that that you, you don't know the success that Dion's going to have. He's never been a power five head coach. He's never been a division one FBS head coach. And now he steps into a major program that is in a very volatile conference. How, how good can he be? How does that look? And I'll, I'll be honest. Yeah. The Dion brand is great. How much stability is there? How much, how much can you build on with that? If you're trying to add this team to your conference, there's not much to me. What if this is smoke and mirrors? We don't know. How much of this is sustainable? How much of this is going to win? Is Colorado going to be in a place in three years where they've signed Deion Sanders to a lifetime contract? Is Colorado going to be in a place in three years where they can't seem to win a football game and Deion Sanders has one foot out the door? Is Colorado going to be coached by Deion Sanders in three years? Or will he have had two great years of success and moved on to an SEC school, moved on to an Auburn, to an Arkansas, an AM, and decided to replant and win somewhere else. Uh, to me, where we're sitting with Colorado, it was a genius hire to bring in Deion Sanders. If Deion was not the head coach of Colorado football, they have been so 
mediocre to bad in the last decade that this would not be a crown jewel for the Big 12, mind you, to bring back. This is a team that decided 10 years ago, we are leaving the conference. We think we have better prospects in the Pac-12. Goodbye. Therefore, the Big 12 taking a leap and bringing them back, to me, is not Colorado. It's, it's Deion Sanders. Colorado wouldn't be as prominent in this conversation as Utah or Arizona, Arizona State, obviously Oregon and Washington, if not for Deion Sanders being at the helm of that football program. So before we dive into entirely what does this mean for the Big 12, the the eminence now of Colorado leaving the Pac-12 and joining this league, I, I want to first make mention, to me this is not, oh, Colorado is the crown jewel. I, I do think there are schools that will follow. I do think schools will say, okay, Colorado showed that leaving the Pac-12 is okay. We can do this and have greener pastures in the Big 12. However, this is not a power team. This, to me, is not as good as Oregon bringing Nike money to the Big 12, as Washington bringing the consistent brand across all of them, most of their sports, a good portion of their sports, bringing the money, the market of Seattle, to the Big 12. Colorado coming to this league does not do that. If Oregon tomorrow decided that they were going to go to the Big 12, leave the Pac-12 and come join Brett Yormark and what he's built, then I'm much more on board with that than Colorado saying, I'm going to join the Big 12. I, I get it. I get why there's so much hype around this, but I want to bring some folks back down to earth a little bit. Deion Sanders could be smoking mirrors at the Power 5 level. I am not wholly confident that he's going to win games, especially in the first couple of years at Colorado. And Colorado would not have been a darling school if not for Deion Sanders. So genius move on their part to bring in Deion. And now if you're the Big 12, getting Colorado can be great. It can be great. But once Deion's gone, what's left? A team that didn't want you 10 years ago. What's left? Now, I am... I'm happy. I'm happy the Big 12's in the spot they are. I would make the case the Big 12's in a better spot than any other conference in college football. It's easy to make that case over the Pac-12 that cannot sign a media rights deal. They have gone into panic mode. They have pressed the red button. And now reporters everywhere are putting out that Colorado is the next domino to fall. That They could come to the Big 12 as early, make a decision that they're in talks that could end as early as within the next week. That is not good. The Pac-12 is in the worst spot of any Power 5 conference. Uh, teams like San Diego State are holding out hope to get their invite. I'm sorry, San Diego State is not going to replace USC and UCLA for the Pac-12. Then there's the ACC. Seven of the schools in that league have already decided, hey, wait, wait, we know we said that we would be here for like, you know, the rest of time, but what if we kind of got out of our contracts and didn't have to be here very much longer? Those seven schools could either form their own league without the dead weight they would consider the other seven to be, or they could disperse into leagues like the Big Ten, the, Pat, the Big 12, and the SEC. Then, if you want to make a case of the Big 12 being over not just the Pac-12 and the ACC, but the SEC, the SEC is wading into really interesting waters with how they want to rebrand along with the Big Ten. We have heard in the last couple of years the power conference conversations, which I, I think were all really stupid, of these two leagues creating their own playoff. And let's just completely disband from the NCAA and do our own thing, which to me is, is totally stupid and it would never happen. There's just nothing feasible with that. But the SEC in trying to bring in Oklahoma and Texas, 
there are a lot of really rocky things that come with that, such as Texas A&M has already made it known they do not want to play Texas. They want to get as far as possible away from Texas. And these two programs in Texas and OU are on rocky, rocky points with their football program. That's why you brought them in here originally was look at these massive brands and great football programs. Oklahoma had its worst season in two decades last year, and Texas has not been back in 10 years. They have one Sugar Bowl win. That is as many Sugar Bowl wins as the fighting Baylor Bears. So what does the SEC get? I don't know if they even really know at this point. Then there's the Big Ten. I, I, I would make the case the Big 12 is in a better spot than the Big Ten right now because the Big Ten is trying to find a way to connect this regional outlier in USC and UCLA. How do they continue expansion, which eh, they don't really want Oregon and Washington. Otherwise, they would have pulled the trigger there. Oregon and Washington would have said yes immediately. They're trying to navigate bringing in USC and UCLA without anybody to really pair them with. If we're going to do divisions, do we do an, an East and a West? And in the West, Wisconsin and USC play? Uh, maybe Northwestern and USC play. They're they're trying to figure out expansion that doesn't really fit geographically, and there are so many question marks with that. You know how many question marks the Big Twelve have, has? None, because the Big Twelve's chilling. Like, all right, we got Brett Yormark. We can expand if we want to expand, or we cannot, and it it's not really going to matter because we're in a good spot. And the four teams brought in an expansion all make relative sense geographically. We've got enough to put together here geographically. They're all really happy. All of our member institutions, the hateful eight, they're all really happy. Nobody's pissed off. Everybody's in a good spot. And the Big 12 is making money. That's where I want to go next. The strength of the Big 12 is in money. The strength of a team like Baylor, of a Texas Tech, of a TCU, you're happy that your league is making money. You know what else makes money? Oh. Built bar, and it doesn't even cost that much money. If you go, I, I can give you, I can give you all of the ins and outs of what Built Bar is all about here. But I want to tell you, I've been traveling a lot recently. Uh, I'm relocating to Alaska for a couple months to do a uh, a, a stint broadcasting games to the Anchorage Bucks baseball team. Love it, great, right? I'm having a blast, having a blast with all this travel and stuff. I'm a creature of habit. There's one thing I have to do every day. I have to start my day with a Built Bar. And a candy apple crisp bang. Those are the two things I do. My built granola bar. It's not really granola bar. I guess you could call it that. It's just a built bar. And a bang candy apple crisp. You can have the same breakfast as me. You can do it just like me at built.com. No, there's very few sugars, very few calories, very few sugars. I don't know if it's plural or what. But you got to try a healthy and amazing snack, a great breakfast, 100% real chocolate. That's right, real chocolate with flavors like churro, peanut butter, brownie, and cookies and cream. I'm not, I'm not sure how they do it. But they do it. They look and taste like a candy bar, but they're not. Only only four grams of sugar, only 130 calories, 17 grams of protein. You don't even have to wait. You can order at built.com or you can go to Walmart right now. I know you, I know you go to Walmart. Started in Arkansas. No, I know you go to Walmart. You can go to Sam's Club. You can get a four-bar box of cookies and cream at Walmart, a 13-bar box of churro puff at Sam's Club. It's easy. I'm telling you that it's easy. Go right now. Take your happy little butt. Celebrate the fact the Big 12 is getting richer by going to Walmart or Sam's Club, getting a built bar. Go to built.com. That's built bar. Check them out. All right. Big 12 is in a good spot. I made my case there because of the, the, the 
you know, tumultuous situation with expansion for the SEC and the Big Ten, and obviously the ACC, which could implode, the Pac-12, which is it's inevitably going to implode. This is not good for the Pac-12. They're not going to exist in a couple of years. And a big part of that is revenue and where the revenue is coming in. Did you know the Big 12 is actually last? Here's this. The Big 12 is last in total revenue for Power 5 conferences based on 2022, the fiscal year of 2022. You're going last? What? Last by $100 million behind the Pac-12. But then you find out why. The Big 12 has the fewest teams of any Power 5 conference right now with its current 10, but it's stayed together, obviously. And that's 10 have been pretty mighty. The Big 12 is in a point right now where the gap between, get this, the gap between the Big 12 and the Pac-12 is actually larger. The, the Big 12 and the Pac-12 in dollars per school is larger than the gap between the Big 10, make it the SEC, I'm sorry, the SEC and the Big 12. So right now, the Big Ten, 2022, brought in $58.8 million per school. This all from on three. The SEC brought in $49.9 million per school. That's about a $9 million gap there. It's a pretty healthy gap. The ACC brought in $41.3 million. The Big 12 brought in $45 million. The Big 12 is beating the ACC per school by $4 million. bucks. That's a lot of million bucks. If I got that, it changed my life. And then there's the lowly Pac-12. I told you that the ACC is at 41. The Big 12 is at 45. The Pac-12 is at 37. Right now, the Big 12 is $5 million behind the SEC in revenue per school. The Pac-12 is $8 million behind the Big 12. 13-ish million dollars behind the SEC. Not only that, the two moneymakers, USC and UCLA, are leaving their conference. So that $37 million per school is going to take a huge cut unless the Pac-12's power members like Colorado, Oregon, I give it to Washington and Utah, even the Arizona, Arizona State, those schools, unless they can band together and somehow find a way to keep the conference in, intact with a massive TV deal, the Pac-12's goose is cooked. And ESPN has already said no. Fox Sports has already said no. The streaming services have come out and said, hey, we'll do it. We'll pick you up. You can come stream on Apple TV. And then the Big 12, the Pac-12, I'm sorry, said no. Uh, they didn't, they didn't want to do it. You know, maybe in a couple of years. But we've got we got bigger, we got bigger prospects out there. And those prospects just haven't existed this to this point. And they are what a year late telling us they would sign this TV deal and they haven't. So these teams, Utah, Colorado, Oregon, Washington. If they want stability, if they want to survive somewhere, if they want money, they're in a league that's making $37 million per school with the two biggest brands. They can join the Big 12, making $45 million per school, and only going to lose 2 to $3 million per team when Texas and Oklahoma leave. Now, if, if you get these big teams, if you get Oregon and Washington, then boom, your million dollars per school ha have jumped at that point because the consistency those schools bring across all sports and because the money, the revenue that those schools bring as well. Now, if you're the Big 12 and you're in a spot where you could add four teams in the Pac-12, Oregon, Washington, Colorado, Utah, you add those four teams into your mix, you have a 16-team league, just like the Big Ten, just like the SEC, and you have Nike money coming in. You have brands like 
TCU, who went to a national championship. Baylor, who's been consistent off of a myriad of sports, a recent national champion in college basketball. Kansas, the biggest, maybe the biggest brand in college basketball, where the inventor of the sport used to coach. When you already have that and you add four in from the Pac-12, you are going to have power three, a power three. The ACC is already behind the Big 12, and the Big 12 is doing nothing but growing while ACC teams are deciding, eh, maybe this league's not for us. There are no Big 12 teams that are currently having those conversations. This league is in a dang good spot, a really good spot money-wise. Again, Big 10, $59 million per team in 2022. The SEC, $50 million per team. The ACC, $41 million. The Big 12, $45 million. And the Pac-12, $37 million. Not a very good spot to be in if you're the Pac-12. So what does this mean for us? What does this mean for me and you, the viewers of sport, those who love the game? Well, I'll tell you, there are some downsides to this. In the college football you grew up on is, is gone. The, the college football that you remember, unless you're a big, you know, Big 12, Colorado to the Big 12 fan, they joined, they technically were paired together with Big 12 teams as early as 1948 and were in the conference until 2011 when they joined the Pac-12, which now, only 10 years later, they are seemingly regretting. So, as a college football fan, this is going to completely morph the way that the game is played. Um, maybe not on the field. They're already changing rules, though. But off the field, in these matchups, you're going to see in these conference conversations, you're going to see some weird, funky stuff. I don't like it. I don't like Northwestern playing USC in a regular season game. I, I don't even know if I really like Baylor playing Arizona in a regular season game. Yeah, you know, it's cool. It's got some luster to it. There's no history there. This isn't what I grew up on. I want to see Baylor play Texas. I don't want there to be a season where Baylor plays Arizona and doesn't play Texas Tech. I think that's stupid. I'm going to miss some of the non-rivalry rivalries that have I've built my entire Baylor fandom on, that I've built my fandom of college football on. You're going to miss a whole lot of those moving forward. This is also a bad thing. What does it mean for us? Well, if you're an Oregon State fan listening, I really hope you like playing Boise State and San Diego State and Fresno State. Not, not in the Pac-12, that is, but um, in, a, in, in another league. You could all form your own. If you're a fan of Oregon State, if you're a fan of Washington State, if you're to an extent a fan of Cal, we haven't even had a conversation about Stanford in these talks as well. Stanford, such a, a massive brand in education. Football has sucked recently. And that's what's carrying a lot of this stuff is the football conversation. That's what's moving the needle here. If you're Oregon State, Washington State, Cal, maybe Stanford, I mean, dude, it, it's, it's got to be a little unnerving. When all of these people are having conversations about expansion in your conference and your team is not one of the ones that anybody's talking about. Th this is a case that could have been made 10 years ago. When you're looking at the Big 12, when Colorado and Nebraska decided to part, Missouri decided to part, A&M wanted to leave. Oh, things stayed together. But Baylor, at that point in time, was kind of where a team like Oregon State is now. That, oh, shoot. If this whole thing falls apart, what do we have to lean on? Was well, it circa 2010, 2011? What do we have to lean on that keeps Baylor in a power five conversation? 
back then, it was pretty much nothing. There wasn't a, a, a key big, all right, you know, Baylor's going to be safe, marked safe because of X, Y, and Z. Today, Baylor's in a much better spot because of the last decade of football the team has put together. It's best season in history, 12 wins. You have your Art Bryles success on the field. You have your Matt Rule takes you to a Sugar Bowl, Big 12 championship game. And now Dave Aranda has already won a Big 12 title and taken you and won a Sugar Bowl. So a lot has changed in the last 10 years. Now you look at Oregon State as a team that, you know, these, these conversations we were having a decade ago about Baylor, 13 years ago about Baylor, will they be a Power 5 school in a couple of years? Now Oregon State, Washington State, they're having those conversations. Those teams, you're, you're not the biggest brand in your region. You're not the biggest brand in your state. You're not, your biggest brand, you're not the biggest brand in a way that's going to keep you relevant in this sport. You can still be a Boise State, which has got a pretty good brand. San Diego State, Fresno State. You know, San Diego State played for a national championship in college basketball. It's not going to put them in a, in a, in a conversation to join the Big the Big Twelve uh, or, or the the Big Ten. If you're if you're Memphis, if you're one of those schools from the AAC, if you're a Sun Belt school, know that the gap. This is kind of what I'm getting at. If there's a thesis, to what I'm getting to, there is a gap ever widening between the Big 12, the Big 10, the SEC, and I'll give it to you, the ACC, and everybody else. Because the Pac-12 is not going to exist. That's why they're not in that conversation. But the gap between power conference and group of conference is massively widening as we speak, as this expansion deal happens. If you're not a team, if you're Memphis, you're SMU, and you're not a team, it's a part of a 16-league team in five years, or at least in those talks, squarely in those talks, you are going to be left behind, and these power conferences are going to rule sports for the foreseeable future because there's so much money in it that will not be given up. So if you're Oregon State, and in two years you are left on the cutting room floor You've got to merge with the Mountain West. You've got to merge with teams like Fresno State and and San Diego State, Boise State, the states. You're Oregon State, so you guys all fit in. If you've got to, if you've got to merge with those teams, if you get left out of the power conference conversation, that's it. That's like a death sentence for your athletic program. You have you have it has been proven that you don't have the brand to fit in with the top 60 teams that are going to the top 50 teams that are going to make up what college athletics becomes in the next couple of years. Baylor, congratulations. You don't have the biggest brand in sports. You don't have a massive fan base. You don't have a you're not a huge institution students wise, right? You know, Oklahoma State boat races you when it comes to amount of students. Uh, obviously, state schools, UT, Arkansas, Missouri, these these teams, they these schools have way the way more students, way more alumni, bigger brands by virtue of being a state school. But Baylor, you put yourself in a great spot with the Big 12. Brett Yormark has helped put this conference in a really good spot. Branding and everything. And Baylor's squarely in the middle of that. So you're safe. I, I Baylor fans, you can be happy that your team is in a power conference to stay not in danger whatsoever. You can be happy that you're not Oregon State. You can be happy that you're not Washington State because those fan bases right now are really worried that the team they love, the school they went to, 
will soon become irrelevant in the realm of college athletics. That is a serious problem for a good portion of these schools. Baylor's not one of them. So we can be excited about that today. Uh, speaking of Baylor, this has been Locked on Baylor. Thank you for making it your first listen every single day, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday from June to July. So maybe not like every day, but you can just like, you know, re-listen to these episodes on loop or something like that. Yeah. Uh, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, June and July, we've entered the what they call the college off season. So two days, three days a week, two days off in the weekdays. I'll be doing them all from Anchorage, Alaska. Woo! Go Anchorage Bucks. Uh, this has been It Always Will Be. Thanks for making it your first listen every single day. Always a pleasure to have you. Please come back on Friday. We talk Houston, the addition of Houston to the Big 12. What does that do? What does it add? Is it good? Is it neutral? I don't know. I think they're probably the bottom of the barrel out of the out of the new four. We'll talk more about that with the host of Locked On Cougars. This has been or Locked On Houston. That's one of those. Locked On. Thank you again for making your first listen every single day. And go vote for us in that logo poll thing. We won round one. I was kind of shocked. Baylor. <laughs>